When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Can you believe it? It's finally here. It's the most wonderful time of the year, unless you get stressed out about how to pay for it. Savewithconrad.com can help you make this the best Christmas ever. You won't make a house payment for the next two months. That's right. Skip your next two house payments and use all that cash for your extra holiday expenses. And come next year, you're going to have a lower monthly payment. Don't put Christmas on a credit card. Pay your credit card debt off at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Savewithconrad.com. symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to my world. And of course, we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer himself, your friend and mine, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff, how are you, man? It's turkey week. Better get your game face on there, Butterball. I am fired up. My game face? Well, hang on now. My game face. Oh, here we go. Here what we're talking about that for? I love that song, Conrad. I appreciate it. I'm already in a good mood. You're you're playing that song to get me even in a better mood, right? I'm playing it because Hooker, your man, is out with a torn ACL. I can't believe it. What a, what a performer you guys have had. Of course, didn't help this past Saturday when they ran it up Indian, broke it off old school style, old country style. But I'm happy to report that as we're speaking now, Tennessee has amassed their best record in the last 15 years of nine and two. And of course, they're still celebrating that win over Alabama, who also has their worst record in the last 15 years of nine and two. Uh, somehow, some way it could be worse. We could be Ole Miss and had those high hopes and Lane Kiffin's our savior and <laughs> Arkansas had other plans. I love college football. I'll never get tired of talking about it. Will you?
So today's topic. <laughs> it's rough, baby. It's rough. Just go. Hey, how about them Commodores? <laughs> Let's pivot. I'm from Nashville. Uh, Can you believe that? That Vandy beat Florida? Listen, you, my world listeners, especially the international folks, we're talking college football. I know you guys are like, what the hell are they talking about? But to put it in context, Conrad, figuratively speaking, just you went right for the jugular. You just kicked me right in the gonads, didn't you? Playing a little right. Yeah. Can you believe we got blown out like that? It, no. wasn't, it wasn't a close game. It wasn't a nail biter. It wasn't, hey, man. Both teams left it all on the field. I mean, it's about as big a laying an egg as you can possibly do. Vandy beats the Gators. Jeff and Sting are on full gear. The apocalypse is upon us, my friend. Bama, Kiffin, you already run it down. Crazy. Well, you're right. We talked about it often on this show. College football, to give it to the analogy of professional wrestling, Every week is the biggest card ever signed. The results keep rolling in. It's uh, each territory that during Big Ten, which I don't think either team has a chance against Georgia, Michigan, and Ohio State. They got your chest puffed out. Neither one of them are in SEC. They're not, in my opinion, they're not even in the same category. And certainly, silly TCU and uh, I mean the the Pack guys. I mean. They're all good mid-major ball. It's just that simple. There's SEC, and then there's the rest. Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, we got to see somebody else get outclassed this past weekend. Unfortunately, poor old Jay Lethal didn't get his hand raised at the end of the night. But I'll be darned. Jeff Jarrett back on pay-per-view. Who to thunk it? Who to thunk it, Bow? Just to recap, we start the year at the biggest GCW show of all time. Effie got a new necklace. And, uh, we would fast forward. You'd be in the main event of an NWA pay-per-view rounding out a trio as the uh, man in the stripes for Mr. Nick Aldis and then Cardona somewhere along the way, you found yourself unbelievably main eventing SummerSlam or co-main eventing. You were the special guest referee. Again, you donned those zebra stripes a few times on pay-per-view the next day you tried to send, uh, the nature boy packing, but wound up on the, uh, the bad end of that one on the, uh, on the B side that night, but still a Jim Crockett promotions pay-per-view and now an AEW pay-per-view. Let's just run through that GCW, NWA, WWE, JCP, AEW. I don't know what you're doing next month, but we got to get this go. We got to keep this going. I'm running out of time. I've only got like five weeks. <laughs> oh, you forgot triple a triple mania. Oh, I did forget about that. Yeah. How about that? So there you go. There's six. We got to get new. What are you doing January 4th? Can you get over to new Japan for wrestle kingdom? I put the movie star Latin lover, uh, back on the shelf. So, um, just add Jarrett. I'll, I'll, I'll ruin the whole damn event. All J-A-J. Kidding aside, <laughs> I love it. All kidding aside, Conrad, this past weekend was surreal. It was really, really surreal. Prudential center. Um, 10, 11, 12,000 fans. I don't know, but it was full. Uh, we were late on the card. I was curious to see where the placement was going to be of me and, uh, old stinger and the tag. And you know, the, the, I'll tell you one thing, Darby puts it in another gear from the time he comes through the curtain. 
uh, Jay Lethal, my man, his mother, his father. I, I mean, I could talk the whole podcast on this weekend. Uh, his mother and father was there. His brother was there. I met his mother years ago in Wayne, New Jersey. She chased me around the ring when baby boy Lethal was taking on uh, the king of the mountain. Um, at the very last minute, the queen, Karen, and my man, Codes, they flew up, Conrad. Uh, they weren't planning on going because we got WrestleCade this weekend. But um, it, it's it's all kind of surreal. They were there, and when old Stinger turned around in the middle of the ring, and it was just me and him in the ring, that was uh, that is a moment. I'll I'll a lot a lot of moments. Life is about moments. This industry is certain about moments, but that is a moment uh, that is etched in my brain. I I didn't. Um, I don't lose sight of the gratitude uh, coming out of it that uh, at both of us, our stage, you know, of our career and um, 24 years uh, from our first locking them up in WCW and Tony Schiavone, our podcast mate, him on the call. Pretty special, Connie. Pretty special. It was awesome. And I'm glad most of all, that you got to share it, not only with your lovely wife, Karen, but your, your awesome son, Cody, him being backstage at an AEW show oh. and he was on cloud nine. Was he not? <laughs> Think about it, Conrad. Think about a young Jeff Jarrett or a young Conrad Thompson get to be backstage and, oh, look at him. And there's the acclaimed and the, you know, just, I mean, you but know. he got to do it at WWE shows. Oh now yeah. He got to do it at JCP shows and now he got to do it at AEW. You know, we're talking about what a great year you had. I think Cody may have had the best year of his life too. Look at there. Oh, unbelievable. And, um, little, a little funny note, uh, yesterday flying back home, me coats and Karen's get off the flight in Atlanta. We connected and, um, literally we're walking off the gate and walking down cause Sunday afternoons are busy. Ran in the old Doc Gallows, one of Codes Man's absolutely favorite, and they've always been good to him. So I told Cody as we were walking to our gate to the next flight, I said, buddy, you have had a weekend. He just grinned from ear to ear and said, you know, Darby's my favorite wrestler. <laughs> oh, I love that. That makes me happy. It doesn't make me happy. Well, who should his favorite wrestler be? The last outlaw. What are you talking about, pal? Oh my gosh. Will you listen to that? Connie, there's uh, folks in Jersey that don't like the last outlaw. There's folks uh, listening to this show who don't like the last outlaw. <laughs> uh, our topic today, of course, is ring King. Uh, I can't wait to talk about this with you because we, it's been one of our most requested topics. Mm. But I, I got to tell you, I, I don't know a doggone thing about ring King. So I'm excited to learn. And, uh, I know that it was a, a big old deal, but I am curious. I think the idea here is this is supposed to be the Indian offshoot program you're in charge of when you're helping steer the ship for TNA. Ooh, what was I, that back to plan? How does this come together for ring? So, so I don't even know where to, to really start to dive into this, but I'll kind of start here. Uh, looking back on it, but I said it when I touched down and came back into the offices and Andy Barton, Andy Barton, uh, EVP in, in the impact offices there from day one, Dixie's Carter partner in trifecta going way, way, way back. He was, uh, you know, ran the international department. I told him, uh, 
I, I guess the first time I saw him or when I got home, I said, Andy, both professionally and personally, Rinka King is a top five moment deal project experience in my life. That's how much I enjoyed it, Conrad. I, I can't say enough good things. I mean, it was a challenge. We'll go through the roller coaster, the ups and the downs, how it all came together, what happened, why there wasn't a season two, uh, what we didn't know, you know, you, I mean, what we didn't know uh, as, as things progressed. Um, it was, it was, it was unbelievable experience, but, um, to give the kind of the setting points, 2000, I think 10, 11 is when the conversations start into 10, into 2011, is that Endemol is a production company, Endemol India. They're a production company, and they had run season one, but what didn't call it that, of, of you know, Rinka King. We'll call it, that is a Indian television show uh, that is professional wrestling. It's a promotion. It's a startup promotion. We had a deal with Sony, Conrad, when I say we, TNA Entertainment, had a deal that had impact explosions and all of our pay-per-views. So that was what aired in India. It was by far the biggest contract that we had uh, for TNA entertainment uh, in the international market. So they had all the exclusive rights to the marks, everything, TNA, the titles and all that kind of stuff. So this had to be a completely separate entity. That was the challenge from the very beginning. And so, um, there was, you know, some financial folks that worked alongside Endemol India that approached us with the original phone call and said, hey, um, we're interested in doing this wrestling show. You guys uh, are have a huge you know, presence in the market. We know WWE uh, isn't going to partner with anybody. We're wanting to know if you want to partner with us, and we know you have a Sony deal. Uh, so how's that going to work? So from the very beginning, we had to figure out the strategy. So it was a completely separate uh, business entity legally as well that that yes it fell under tna entertainment but it was not impact it was not in impact programming and impact contract talent at the very beginning we're kind of an off limits kind of deal because they're exclusive to the brand we worked through some of those issues but it's a promotion uh a television show uh that Endemol uh and some financial folks um put together uh, Colors Network, think general entertainment, think in, in, in America, CBS, um, you know, CBS, NBC, ABC, or Fox. It's, you know, general entertainment, huge, one of three in the country at the time. You uh, UK folks think ITV. It was, or Channel 5, um, you know, it, it, a big, big, big network that wrestling uh, wasn't, uh, you know, uh, had ever been on broadcast television to this magnitude. So it was a big ask, a big leap and an enormous undertaking, but uh, I can't say enough good things about my experience. And as we get into it, Connie, get ready. I'll try not to be long winded, but you will definitely get educated because it for a wrestling fan to kind of hear the process and understand that, look, wrestling has been on TV here since TV was around since the fifties. I mean, that's just the reality and, and a lot of places around the world and, you know, Japanese, I mean, Japan, Mexico, Europe, you know, back in the days of world of sport uh, in England, uh, Otto Wands in Germany, India had never had professional wrestling. Uh, you know, they had WWE in the market. 
WCW never really got traction. So they had bits and pieces, but to have a native television show produced in India, uh, it was first of its kind. And so the, the one analogy that I'll give you, like, what's it like, Conrad? It's like going into a brand new market, which you can't in the U.S. anymore. But if you go into a new building and it doesn't have wrestling and the first time AEW goes and WWE doesn't have many of those anymore, but the first time a promotion goes into a market is red hot and people are just craving, but there's an education process. Uh, whose idea was it? The, the original idea, that's what I said, is Indemol India, their production company, they've been recently bought out over the last 12, 18 months by Bonajay. But they um, they produced a show in South Africa. So that's really season one of Rinka King by okay. South American. So th they had an idea for a wrestling product, obviously based off North American wrestling. Before it, you were involved. Before we were involved, and they just, <clears throat> the talent, they just, they didn't have the skill set, the in-ring quality, the production quality. They didn't have the vision either. And the end them all knew that. So that's why they wanted to reach out to, uh, I guess we'll call it the experts. And uh, I don't want to get too far ahead of my story, but th they wanted American expertise in sports entertainment. So it's so their idea. Do they reach out to you directly? Uh, they had re reached out, excuse me, TNA entertainment, Andy Barton fielded the first call, but I'm saying once that happens, they're, they're, they're in pretty constant communication with you. You're the point of contact for this for TNA. Yeah, once the call came in, Andy approached me. If I recall correctly that, you know, Andy's like, what do you think? And I went, Oh my God, hell yeah. Can you know, he said, can we do it? I'm like, Oh my God, heck yeah, we can do it. Uh, you know, we got to do, do a lot of heavy lifting and rings and studios and everything that goes with building something from scratch, but can we do it? Yes, we can. Let's, uh, let's talk about, I mean, obviously we know the, the YouTube numbers we've always heard as fans for wrestling content in India is just through the roof. So clearly we, and just based on population, we know this could be a quote unquote emerging market. And I think the wheels are put into motion in May. Uh, and, and it feels like by the end of June, we start to get some things in motion. Is that pretty much how you remember it? Uh, pretty much, uh, you know, on your note, India is a country of, and you get your Google machine, but I think 1.4 billion people in context, I think America is 370. Oh, I'm going to get this wrong. Um, but America is 332 million and, and, and India is 1.4 billion. So over four so, X. Okay. That's how many people are in that continent. So there's a, a massive amount. Uh, <clears throat> this is where, boy, I could really get in the weeds, but 2011, 2012 broadband, the, 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 the YouTube was just kind of coming out of the gate, but you know, nowadays WWE, AEW, any form of entertainment impact the YouTube numbers that come from India are Jesus mesmerizing. It's a massive amount. Yes. So they consume as a country, you know, they, now they're growing different sports, but cricket is number one. It is the NFL thinking in India, it's the NFL 10 X or the NFL and the NBA 
and Major League Baseball combined is one. That's how much it dominates the market. Wrestling's two, and then they have a sport called kabaddi, and there's, you know, different imports in there. <laughs> but anyhow, massive amount of people. So the wheels got going and got serious first quarter uh, 2011, and things began to crystallize because, you know, we had gave them, yes, but we got to have money, and me and Andy ran kind of preliminary budgets. Uh, but early in the process, <clears throat> they uh, sent a gentleman over, a team over, and they came back to the, came to the impact zone. And I know this sounds far fetched, but all me and Dutch would ask them, and we'll get into Dutch conversations in a little while. Is they took eleven hundred photos of the impact zone in Orlando. That's a lot of oh, photos, wow. <laughs> but yes, yes, legit reference files, eleven hundred reference files, because they knew that they said we got to go create a studio because that was me and Andy's original conversations. If we're going to do it. Yes, we got to have an American ring, but the studio, the vibe, the feel to get talent over there and produce it right, all those kind of things, we we had to, um, you know, the infrastructure had to be there. <clears throat> that was that was one as far as, so well, that's the production lane. The other lane, Conrad, and th this is what's, they said, we want 50% of the talent at least to be Indians. Right. Okay, now where are we going to get those folks? Oh no, we'll do a casting call. Do a casting call. So you want to film this year, but we're going to go find guys that have never had matches. Yep, that's the plan. That was the biggest challenge of the entire project by far. It's reported in early October in the Observer that the show will be produced for the Indian market and that Sanjay Dutt and BG James have gone to India to try to scout potential talent for the show. Um, why Sanjay and BG? Um, so Sanjay, the obvious, his parents, uh, uh, you know, are born and raised in India. Um, you know, obviously the grandparents. So Sanjay was raised in an Indian <clears throat> household and he's, uh, I think I said it on AEW television. Um, he struck me at a very young age, Jeff, I can't make the bookie. Why? Cause I've got to go to college class. Oh, okay. I, I'm digging that. And he got his degree and got his education. And so me and him hit it off way back. And so with his Indian, um, you know, familiarity and then brian had just come out of his uh, deepest darkest times in, in his life and um as uh, you know we don't well you weren't here for that episode but uh, me and cassio brian's knack for vision of a television product down from a wrestler to the presentation everything he was available and uh so those were the two guys and the 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 process was uh, in the mall, uh, as we worked through it, I said, okay, we've got to start training these guys now, which means we got to go find them. So, um, they had, you know, in India, it's just, a, it's a different set of circumstances, but they sent out, it, it, they called it, uh, they called it something different. We called it a casting call. So they did a, a casting call. I think they got like 300 guys, no 2000 submissions, a thousand okay whittled down i mean that's kind of ridiculous Th then it got out to the invites and i think they you know 300 and something so what you said in the notes it, it was a lot yep. 
they narrow down like 300 guys. They run across three or four cities and they're trying to narrow it down even further. But man, just think about how, I mean, it's hard for us to even wrap our head around this these days here in America. Of course you could, you know, have tryout matches and there'll be a bunch of folks who've got a bunch of independent wrestling experience, but you're starting from scratch here. You're just looking for look and charisma and, and, and athletic aptitude, right? And zoom and FaceTime and all that. So, I mean, when you think about the responsibility that Sanjay and BG had was massive. Yeah. They're going to go over there and, and, and scout. And so that's what they did. And they were over there a week and had some life experiences, but that's what they did. They went and narrowed it down and narrowed it down and had guys do promos, but the promos are in Hindi. So Brian didn't have any idea, but he could gauge their emotion and Sanjay, obviously he's bilingual, but, but still, so that's the process of taking 300 guys down to, I think they got it around 30, uh, maybe a few more. It's uh, it's just crazy to think what's possible here. And right in the middle of all this, uh, on October 11th, road dog announces on his, uh, his Facebook that he's been hired back by WWE and he's going to be starting back as a producer on their pay-per-view, which is the 23rd of October. You know, listen, I know he's got ties to, uh, to the whole organization, certainly Hunter and Vince and on down the line, but man, when he's trying to help you with this project and he's pulled away, it does feel like there's some strategy at play to me. Did you take it that same way? I was so happy for Brian personally, because Rinka King was new and yes. I knew that the, we'll call it the current regime in TNA Dixie and, and her team had zero plans for Brian, zero chance of him coming in. So from a personal, uh, standpoint, I was tickled to death and, and really happy because he was going to go back to making a, a, a full-time limit professionally. Well, Connie, it, uh, one plus one equals two. It was, it was unique timing and, oh, okay. You had the opportunity to hire him two months ago, three months ago, four months ago, five months ago, but you didn't. Hey, BG, can you go to India? Yeah. Went, boom, got home. Hey, we got a spot for you. How about that? <laughs> It's also reported in the observer that no TNA wrestling talent would be involved and that you would be the one finding most of the talent. Um, is there some political stuff going on behind the scenes that were there certain forces in TNA who didn't want this to succeed? Were you thinking, Hey man, if I'm getting squeezed out politically, this could be a soft landing spot. Why, why no involvement of TNA talent? Well, we kind of massage that and work through that, but from the very beginning, it was out of respect and the responsibility to the um, Sony deal of, of, of TNA talent. Once we kind of worked through that and understood, okay, we've got some guys that are on the roster. They're not currently being used. Can we use some of them? Abyss is the first one that comes to mind because Abyss is, um, I won't go into his fantasy football disaster that he has going on or his Joe Burrow uh, silliness, but, uh, but no, Abyss is so damn talented. I, I, and at this time he was Joe Park in impact. Let me just clarify that he was Joe Park. So the Abyss character would be great for the rinky King product on screen, 
but off screen, Abyss can produce. He's super responsible. He's he's great camaraderie. Camaraderie. Um, he, he just he I love the dude. I really want him to be a proud of the project. But there was a, a some. I'll just say it was such a unique time. I'm not going to say it was peak Jeff and Dixie uh, combativeness because it was kind of like a Cold War. But Bob Carter, Janice, Dallas, when they when the whole project was fully explained that we're launching a a a new promotion is what it was. We're launching a new promotion in, in India. The upside and you know from a uh, financial market. India, especially 2000. I mean, it, it's an emerging market with unlimited potential. There was a lot of chatter in Dallas in a huge, j- just a huge positive way. Um, I had early signs that 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 was. Um, I'll say just. I don't say. You, I could already tell there was tension in the offices that, um, and we'll get into it here. Oh, oh, tensions in the offices. Oh, okay. So now here's a new promotion with a new opportunity. Um, unfortunately, I, I just felt that the 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 tension and the uneasiness from day one, uh, you know, started with the talent situation and then it got progressively worse. Well, if you're looking to um, ease the tension a little bit at home, can I recommend Blue Chew? You see, the nights aren't the only thing getting longer and the breeze isn't the only thing that's getting stiff. You know the deal. Today's episode sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. You can take these dudes anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, we will receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part. It's all done online. That means no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacies, and Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. Have better sex, y'all. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Bluetooth free when you use our promo code MYWORLD at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's Bluetooth.com. The promo code is MYWORLD to receive your first month free. Visit Bluetooth.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Bluetooth for sponsoring the podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So Dave Lagana is going to be announced as being the director of creative a few weeks later, and, uh, you're essentially written off TV here in 2011. So I guess you could focus more on this and there's lots of other names floating around the newsletters who are being discussed as trying to help train the wrestlers, guys like Nick Dinsmore, who we know as Eugene Savio Vega. And I guess the other thing I want to ask about all of this is as this process is, is moving forward what's dixie's involvement if any (laughs) so it's funny how you led with that uh because that was kind of the first 
internal uh, – what an issue it was. Okay, I see how this is going to go now. Is that um, Dixie told Andy that Jeff has to hire a writer. I'm like, okay, you already knew that Dutch is going to be on board and who was out of the company. Rudy Charles, uh, we're bringing him back, uh, who was out of the company. So Sanjay, part of creative. So, you know, we had our creative team, but you got to get a writer. I'm like, okay. Um, From 2002 to 2009, I kind of, put this team together and I didn't necessarily have, you know, uh, I put together the team and, and yet Russo's a writer, but Dixie, so what do you want me to do? And she said, well, we need to find writers for this show. I'm like, is that from Endemol? No, no, this, okay. So, um, kind of put my thinking cap on and ironically enough, Karen is the one who said, Hey, do you know Dave Lagana? And I go, I know the name. And Dave, I think, had reached out to me about doing his podcast or something, but I, I didn't know him that well. Uh, but anyway, um, that was kind of the 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 the, the genesis, if if you will. And me and Dave jumped on the phone, and you know, real quick, we we hit it off, and and then it's like he's like, now what's the situation? And we were both kind of transparent. I said, Dixie wants me to hire a writer. And that's, that's why we're here. And he's like, I get it. So I was happy. Again, we hit it off and he became part of the team and uh, man, we'll get into the story. Bless his heart. uh, Just how it didn't end up working out for him, but that negative truly turned into a positive because he went on to have a full-time job on the impact writing team, but he came in through the rinky King door. And uh, again, you mentioned Savio, who I knew had trained a lot of guys and had the ability, uh, and he was available. Nick Dinsmore, he was a trainer, smart guy. Both guys could be characters on the show, but also train guys. So they were going to be player coaches, if you will. Um, So as we put together this roster, I wanted experienced guys who could lead talent through a very simple match, but also wear multiple hats when I tell you, these, these are the kind of things that just kind of make life experiences that we all came together w- with a concept that we look at. Hell, I didn't know I was going to turn out, but hey, man, let's give this a shot. It wasn't uh, a, a crazy budget by any stretch of the imagination uh, just because travel was expensive. And I'm talking about talent payoffs. Travel was super expensive. The, the amount of money they wanted to put in production, it was season one. We went through all the numbers with Endemol and understood where colors were at. We signed on not one, but two or three, but we had one massive sponsor. But anyway, all the startup process and the, 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 you know, the, 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 the elbow grease and everything that went with it. But uh, that's how Dave came on board and he was mandated. Uh, but again, he had experience in it, it, him writing a wrestling show. It was not new to him, him getting acclimated to, to Dutch and, and Sanjay and, and, and the team and kind of the process was new, but it, it, it ended up working out really, really well. But it came to be that Dixie said, you have to go get a writer. And that code, now looking back on it, was she wanted eyes and ears on the entire project. And, and Dave figured that out immediately. 
So let's keep it going here. It's reported that Dutch Mantel is brought back specifically to help with Rinka King. <laughs> Are these folks just on end mall salary, or is there any TMA TNA commingling of funds? No, none. You know, they were not paid out of uh, we'll call it the impact, but there that's where it was. We were contracted and in the mall and TNA Entertainment basically had. A, 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 a combined budget, but the funds that were due because there was a financier, there was a, a finance part of this, uh, a company that came together. And so we got our money from our budget and them all got their money and a, sh a show was produced because, you know, all the production expenses came out of India, talent and travel <clears throat> and some administrative came out of the U S I should remind everybody that there's some major players behind this, uh, colors and end are going to be promoting ring King and movie theaters alongside Don Two, which is a mega blockbuster Bollywood movie. It has the biggest star in the history of Indian cinema. So this is a big deal. Uh, imagine for a minute, if all of a sudden there's a new wrestling promotion, that's got commercials before you go watch top gun this year. I mean, it's just a major opportunity. Colors at the time, by the way, are in charge of producing and distributing all the big hit reality shows like the Indian version of big brother, which is called big boss. So there's a ton of, of opportunity here for cross promotion. Um, and now we're, we're looking for some new talent as well. Chris masters is going to be brought in, uh, to be a talent. Was there anybody you had in mind for this that you really thought could thrive and, and maybe make a big splash and maybe the timing or circumstances just didn't work out. I mean, and I know we've gotten a lot of notes from different folks and all that, but the, 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 the roster that came together to me just kept getting a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. I don't remember anybody. Um, now look on the, on the, the TNA roster. It, I mean, it, it's very for me to say, Hey guys, can y'all run an angle where AJ is maybe hurt for two weeks, three weeks or suspended or pre-tape some stuff or, Hey man, you think I could get Samoa Joe, uh, or a Bobby Roode, you know, those kind of players that we had developed and I'll stay within the, you know, if you need him to be a heel on our show or a baby face on our show, but if we can get a little rub, because we'd kind of cleared the hurdles, why not make our guys that we have long-term investment and long-term ROI, why don't we get them over on this show? And I was told, nope, can't do it. I'm not playing ball. Okay. So so the, the talent that is the obvious that I wanted that I couldn't get were the TNA guys. That being said, the roster we put together and that end them all, and that's, I want to go back on that. Colors Network put a massive amount. We're talking uh, billboards on main, I mean, in Delhi, in Mumbai, uh, across the country, uh, the advertising campaign, the lift, um, I mean, just all of it w w w was, they really got behind it. Uh, but as far as kind of the creation of the characters and the collaborative process, we had either weekly or every other week calls with those guys that we touched on everything budgets and production and, and creative and the formation of how they, you know, um, 
uh, the first show was not called Ring of King is I don't know, three D's or something like that. Google that. Uh, but, but anyway, I mean, it was a real collaborative process uh, on, from a creative standpoint on character development, because again, half the guys, you know, simple deal was, um, the master lock turned into, uh, Chris Adonis is what we didn't call him. Chris masters. We called him Chris Adonis, right. Called the Adonis lock. And, um, uh, Luke Gallows, who was on the airport the other day, um, we called him Isaiah Cash, and I think there's a note in there like that's an Undertaker gimmick. Well, don't think Undertaker dead man, think uh, motorcycle rider. Isaiah Cash, yeah. we wanted a biker. Now, was that our idea? No, that was in the mall that in, in India, there's a lot of different forms of trans, you know, rickshaws and all this kind of stuff, but they, they kind of saw a character they wanted in an American biker. That, that was where that came from. And so the, the Americans, as far as character development, um, we had to, to, you know, again, we collaborated. Now, on the flip side, when we got into the Indian, again, Sanjay and BG did their talent search, and then all of a sudden we see this, and then they start coming up with different characters to, to be on the show, truck drivers, um, basically an all-American kid, Um just all the different characters that were developed. That was, I mean, we, we deferred to them, um, through it all. I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead, but as we, as we got through it, they, we kind of told them that we'll kind of have a faction and weaving in and out of the storylines, they named the faction. RDX is a gas. If you Google this Conrad, it, it is something that was used in a terrorist, uh, attack, um, in, in India. So it's very culturally relevant. Um, again, the early stages, when we were talking to different creative and me and Dutch were on a call with one of them, uh, one of the end of mall folks. And, and I'm like, culturally, what is something that's very prevalent, uh, in India that is, um, a sore spot, you know, in America right now, it's gas prices or inflation or the border. And I'm not getting into politics contract. I'm just trying to tell you the analogy in the country at the time, terrorism. And then the other one was bribery. And so we wove bribery into this, uh, 26 week, uh, 26 story episode, uh, storyline arcs of kind of using that kind of mentality of bribery. So it was a hell of an experience, but, uh, I mean, again, talent after talent, but, uh, you started with, uh, <laughs> talent, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. 18 minutes ago, I asked, did you have any other talent in mind? Uh, I love busting your balls here. L let's recap. You're going to be running the promotion. Dutch and the Ghana are going to be working on creative Savio and some of the other wrestlers are going to be agents. And of course you're trying to develop your own homegrown talent. I know this sounds random, but who has a ring? Do you guys build one over there? Do you ship one? What's the plan for something like that? We had to ship one. Well, wow. we built one with extra parts and put it on a boat. Think about that. I mean, there was crazy. There was so much. That sounds silly. You call it heavy lifted, but I mean, those kind of things. All right, we've got to ship a ring that we feel comfortable with. The talent. I mean, nothing worse than a bad ring, right? And, and again, so you got to have a, a ring crew. Um, again, the ring crew that you know when we sent over there, and our production crew, Keith Mitchell, producer. Uh, Rick Fancher, Rocket is what we called him, director. Um, we we had only a budget to really send a very skeleton. So we had production folks, 
you know, just a real small, but they had to wear so many hats. So yeah, we shipped the ring from, from, uh, from Nashville, took it, put it down in the boat. And, um, it was dude, when I tell you I could get long winded, but I won't, but it was, uh, as we dove off into it, those kind of things of getting a ring and character development and training these guys, the undertaking that it continued to build, I don't want to call it stressful, but stressful, but man, Conrad, there's nothing like give it a little football analogy. You know, when you get toward uh, two a days and you get through the first two or three of them, and then you begin to enjoy it because you're in shape. That's the kind of process we were going through. By late December, there's more and more news coming out about talent, including TNA roster members who are going to be joining, uh, Scott Steiner, Magnus abyss amongst others. Uh, eventually how does, how do we come to this conclusion that, okay, we can use TNA guys. Um, I think when the conversations and I was persistent, imagine that Conrad, that guys, we got a real opportunity here. So if we're going to be, because, um, Isaiah cash or, or gallows, uh, masters, there were some folks that we literally hired them as one-offs. We, we weren't offering them a contract. And my, my thought process through it all was we're about to put guys in India on a network that dwarfs what impact in WWE is on right now. So we're going to give TV time to folks. Why are we not giving it to our own talent? And that was kind of a, a, a hill that I was kind of willing to die on to just try to stay persistent. I didn't get there, but they were bending of the rules and they're like, okay, well, you can use abyss and, um, you know, Steiner wasn't used prominently, but, uh, I, I definitely wanted him because the genetic freak in India, you don't see many Scott Steiners. You don't see it. Excuse me. A Scott Steiner, um, Magnus, he's British and the, historically speaking and I had the, again, I had the collaborative conversations that, Hey, if we can get a Brit, how does it resonate? They're like, Oh my God. Yes. It's a grand slam. An antagonist that's British roll, go for it. Uh, mm. different, those kind of things that makes sense. Conrad just, just, yeah. and I don't want to call it stereotyping, but telling the stories because from a very simplistic point of view, being on a general entertainment network, it's a brand new audience. So not overcomplicate things on any level was pretty much a mandate across the board. Happy holidays, everybody. This is Jason Sensation. And I had the utmost pleasure of sitting down with top guy members to tell my story of being the greatest wrestling impersonator of all time. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Check it out on ad-free shows right now. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Andre the Giant, you think you're going to end Hulkamania, man? Well, Hulkamania is going to run wild on you, man. And what you're going to do, brother, when Hulkamania and all the powers of Hulkamania run wild on you, brother? You, Elizabeth! And I started to do his impression to him, and he flipped out on me. He lost it. Man, hey, man, come here. <laughs> Let me hear a couple of those voices. Damn, like two stone cold. Oh, 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 
man, that damn good. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you very much. Yes, Triple H, yes, I love it. Smackdown, yes. <laughs> you get out of the washroom now. You <laughs> combing your hair like your Lex Luger? Look at you, pretty boy. You think you're Luger? Come on. That was so much fun. I had a blast. I love ad free shows. And if you want to watch the entire episode on demand, you can check it out on adfreeshows.com, along with so many of my favorites. Well, the other thing I want to mention is you're getting all this ready for a 13-week commitment from Colors in India. There's two episodes a week that are airing. Uh, that'll be one episode on Saturday, one episode on Sunday. So it's a total of 26 episodes uh, all told. Of course, most people will know that traditional television series usually have, especially in that era, 13 weeks of a season, 13 episodes, if you will. Uh, so we're sort of double stacking here. Mm. Are you allowed to share what's, what's the money look like on this deal? I mean, I assume you're given a budget and you're supposed to put it together and then what's left is yours or what's the process? What's the deal structure? The, but let me get into that programming. Conrad, if there's one thing I fault over and over and over tooth and nail, but kind of uh, didn't just get kind of a pushback, got shot down quickly, but I, I, I felt it was my responsibility <clears throat> to really, really, really dig in and, and do my best because I, I, you know, my, my argument, my mindset was folks, we're shooting 26 episodes. Please. Can we just run one episode a week? Just, just one a week. Don't double up. It's too much to digest. It, 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 we are letting the, 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 the wind out of our sails coming out of the gate um, wrestling is a product that always needs to get traction. It's especially on this new format. If we could have had one a week for the 26 weeks, it doubles our exposure and it gives us twice as much time because that's the episodic nature. You know, we're writing a book, we're writing a story. It's, it's Shakespeare to the masses. So why do two episodes? And in India, um, this is interesting, maybe for you, Conrad, in America, you you have on networks, you kind of have a programmer that programs essentially prime time, seven nights a week. Um, and depending upon the network, th there's different and and you know from a nation to nation, you know uh, the broadcast signal. So you program prime time. Locally during the day, you have you know Kelly Clarkson or whatever it may be, or Price is Right in the mornings, or soap operas, and your local news and all that. That's kind of how networks program. Um, in India, you have, this is what's kind of unique. You have a day programmer, a night programmer who programs Monday through Friday, and then you have a weekend scheduler. And so we were in the weekend scheduler and that, that, that was in a lot of ways the, and we'll get to it, but that was the death sentence for us because they were hell bent on Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. And, and I just had a strong sense that, man, if, if we can just get them to stretch it to 26 weeks, because that's the money, the money wasn't in 26 episodes from a financial perspective, small margins, Conrad, you're getting into the financial side of it. It was basically a payoff for everybody, plane tickets, 
TNA didn't quote unquote, I, I don't think we profited like a production company, maybe around 10% of everything, but I'm sure we spent that on back in, but that the mindset in Dallas was that's okay. This isn't a moneymaker to produce 26 weeks. We, we are a production company just like in the ball that, that can make a small margin. Our, Long-term growth is season two, season three, season four, season five, season six. That's one. Then, of course, merchandise, live event, a bigger network deal when you get ratings, and ratings will come in long-term. And then, of course, the sponsors. That's That was the whole kind of business development mindset. And um, I'll get into it. Tata Motors is... Ford and Chevrolet and GMC combined in India. I mean, mm-hmm. it is a massive, 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 you know, uh, a $37 billion organization. No way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at my Google friend over there. He's Just saying 37 billion. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, and we may get to, you may tell you a little Tata motor story. Sure. <laughs> no. So, uh, as a part of the tours and, not to, again, it doesn't matter if I'm jumping ahead. The production plan was go to India in December and tape 13 one-hour episodes, come home for a month or a couple of weeks and go back and film. Because we wanted to have rewrites and readjustments, and that was kind of the production that we could fit it in it financially. I didn't want to go shoot 26 episodes in one sitting. Just let's shoot half of it and figure out and retool, and that was what we agreed upon. During one of those trips, we had a Pune is uh, about uh, 90 minutes north of uh, Mumbai uh, is where we shot it. And that's the home base of Tata. And we went to Tata Motors, Conrad, and, and the whole compound, I call it a compound. They have shopping malls. They have restaurants. They have school systems. If you work there, you you live on this. It's a massive plant. And literally, the car is from the very beginning of the production line and they took us on a kind of a golf cart there may be some pictures uh, but they they took us and and we went from when the car is, is just i mean it's nothing i mean piece by piece and they make the entire cart uh, it, it's that plant was amazing but tata was the number one sponsor and um in, in essence they wrote the check for colors for season one the plan, I believe, is to tape the first half of shows in December, the other half in January, and the production and the building are really impressive. As you mentioned, they had 1,100 reference photos to try to get it right, and, man, it did look pretty doggone cool. Um, the Observer would say this. The only early reports we got is that the crowds were super hot. Most had never seen live wrestling before. It was a completely different reaction than the WWE guys in India years back when it was almost universally considered the worst overseas excursion ever with many wrestlers getting sick, including Regal nearly losing his career. Not to mention when they got back because the gates were so bad and the expenses were so high, the pay was just awful. We've heard this tour has been great. The local promoters have earmarked a huge budget for production and the guys feel they're on the ground floor of something big. I was told the plans were to do simple old school booking. There were also positive remarks about working in a Bischoff free zone. Unless you're a top guy, there's a lot of negativity towards Bischoff, which is exactly as it was in the WCW days. Of course, uh, William Regal got really, really sick uh, on that European tour with the WWE and nearly died. And because it wasn't profitable for WWE, 
they sort of walked away from the opportunity. But as you said, man, with this population and with the interest from Endemol and some guaranteed revenue, well, this is this is kind of a no-brainer and certainly worth a shot. When you first were there and saw all of this work come to life for the very first taping, you're walking around the set and you're taking a look. Did you feel like mission accomplished? We're on the ground floor of something big. Not mission accomplished, but Conrad, we, we landed Mumbai. Um, you know, it's, uh, the, the talent, different small vans. It wasn't a bus, different small vans, the minivans that we all got to the hotel, um, went to bed. And when we <clears throat> woke up day one to go over and, and, uh, we were going to start shooting some pre-tapes. We weren't going to have any live wrestling. We were just kind of, kind of a set day, a walkthrough, uh, get acclimated, uh, some in-ring training with some guys, that kind of stuff. But I'll never forget it. Shout out to Matt Morgan here. He was, uh, you know, walked in. We all kind of walked in at the same time. We started looking around when you, uh, for you just audio listeners, if you want to check us out on YouTube, there's some great images and pictures. Um, but when we looked at that set and they were doing some sound check and some light checks and all that kind of stuff, Matt Morgan looked over at me with the biggest grin on his face and he walked over and he goes, holy shit, how in the hell did this come together? And uh, we all kind of had that feeling because, and, and so where we shot the show was where they had the Commonwealth games. So there was different small gymnasiums and di different things for, again, the Commonwealth games. So it was, I don't want to call it like an Olympic village, but something along those lines. Um, and so just, you know, they use this, this small arena for sporting events. And so it was, it was perfect. It was great. But to see the lights and see the setup and see, Conrad, the massive amount of production personnel that were there, it was, and then they had a whole back tent for wardrobe, um, catering, um, pre-tapes, announce. I mean, they had little rooms and just the whole setup was, it was, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's like they took the impact zone at Universal Studios Orlando and transplanted it to Pune, India, retrofitted it. They had every amenity down to fresh coffee every hour. It was awesome. Meltzer says that uh, the promotion will be called King of the Ring Wrestling's Mega Battle, and they taped it at the, boy, I'm going to butcher this, Belwadi Sports Complex in Pune, India, not far from Mumbai, Pune. a 1,500-seat building, uh, which is going to have people turned away and I guess some of the local promoters weren't exactly sure if we were going to have full crowd. So they actually paid extras to be loud vocal spectators, but we still had real fans who were seeing wrestling for the very first time. And they've never seen anything like this before in person. So they're all losing their freaking mind. And I think the name Rinka King is actually spoiled by a tweet from Matt Morgan. Was that planned as a way to, cause listen, there are planned leaks in wrestling. There's a spoiler. And then our accidental sleep, you know, whoops. Uh, what was this with Matt? Was that a planned leak or was that accidental? It wasn't a plan. And I look 2011, it's hard for a lot of folks. And I try to remember, um, 
on the flight yesterday, the guy sitting next to me was like, what did we do? The old, what did we do before phones and all that? And I'm like, buddy, it, but so it, it, it wasn't really looked at internally as a leak. Dave Meltzer, others, of course it was a leak, but <clears throat> because the advertising was cranking up rinky king. It, so maybe a leak in America, not so much. There was chatter of a new wrestling show and all that. Um, but again, I'm going to go to the crowd kind of, there was no promoter involved. This was viewed from the beginning as a television show and on television show, what do you do in India and, and America and around the world? You hire extras. So they had a casting call for extras and you know, that's how they kind of viewed things as time went on. And again, I don't want to get too hard part of myself, but Conrad, it was fascinating night one, uh, of the taping. Uh, I, I want to say they had enough for, for two turnovers that you got to watch half the show and then you got exited out. And then the next half of the show, if that makes sense, that they're as they're extras, we're going to wear your ass out. Cause we're going to tell you when to cheer, when to boo all that kind of stuff as, as, as truly audience members. Um, so I think they had enough for, for, for two turnovers. When we got about halfway through night one and the people began to understand exactly what it was, there was an electricity that those audience members were like, Hey, we're digging this. You, you don't have to, you know, they, I'm sure they got their pay, but they were enjoying themselves so much because we kicked it off with one of the hottest pop stars. Um, so a lot of fun and dancing, all that there was pageantry and they saw their own heroes. It was, it wasn't quote unquote, an American show dropped in here. They saw their own protagonists, their own baby faces. The good guys were Indians. And when they kind of saw that in context, not all of them, we had some of the Americans, but there was a real vibe and a real energy. And very quickly, night two and night three, Conrad, we turned away, not turned away. We just didn't let them in. Double, triple, quadruple, five. I mean, there was a massive amount of people came because word got out and wrestling fans showed up and like, we won't in. Screw the extras. We want wrestling fans in. When we went back the second time, that was kind of the mandate. Is there a way you guys can, can, cause I said, get wrestling fans in. If we need extras, we need extras. And they're like, well, it's a TV show. We've got a contract with the casting company and all that kind of stuff. I said, I get that. And if you got to pay them anyway, pay them, but I want wrestling fans in. And so we kind of worked through that process, which is a cool deal. And, and look, we'll, we'll have some video of the Steiner insanity, but uh, man, it was a blast. <laughs> it was a blast. Well, I'll tell you what else is a blast. And that's our friends over at titlematchnetwork.com. I can't believe this is real, but they are hooking you up. What an incredible holiday special. They've got 50% off all new memberships with the coupon code Conrad. That's all lowercase at checkout. And that's going to include every pay-per-view and video on demand. We're talking hundreds of exclusive new live streams every year and near endless amount of pay-per-views, shoot interviews, documentaries, and more. And one of the biggest collections of women's wrestling content on the planet, plus a ton of title match originals, including their new interview series with legends like Greg, the hammer, Valentine, Sabu, the Godfather, and more title match network is the only streaming platform to bring you the entire WrestleCade weekend. It starts this Friday with live podcasts from Shane Douglas and Rob Van Dam 
And on Saturday, it's the WrestleCade Super Show with Big Show, DDP, Kurt Angle, Eric Bischoff, and more. We keep the fun going on Ladies Night Out 11. The next day on Sunday, the 27th, we'll see Ivy Lee, Sue Young, Tessa Blanchard, more in action there. And also on Sunday, AML Wrestling, Sunday, November 27th. A lot of talk about last matches right now. Well, George South might have his last match. He's stepping between the ropes against Nick Gage. That's going to be a long day, all freaking day. Titlematchnetwork.com is the perfect gift this holiday season. So take advantage of this holiday special. Save 50% off on all new memberships with the coupon code CONRAD. That's all lowercase at checkout. And if you don't like what you see, man, just cancel anytime. That's titlematchnetwork.com with the coupon code CONRAD. That's all lowercase at checkout to save 50% of all new memberships. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So listen, let's talk about Matt Morgan here. He's the top right, baby. Real quick, if you don't mind me jumping in here, you just mentioned title match and Russell Cade. And you know. I'll get there. I'll get there. We don't want to bump them together. Yes, sir. Appreciate that. You driving this bus, my man. Roll I, know, I know what you got, but they're paying. Hang tight. Um, we, we got uh, Matt Morgan. He's the top baby face in the beginning here, and uh, he's going to win the tournament and become the first champ. Magnus is in. He's going to have his name changed to Sir Brutus Magnus. He's going to be a, a British villain like we were talking about. Uh, I also want to mention that Bulldog Smith, who we know as Harry Smith, uh, is also in, and uh, they're going to call him Bracus as well, or that's one of the reports at least. Uh, Chavo Guerrero is going to come over well before he starts in TNA, and Chavo and Harry Smith are going to be the winners of the tag team tournament uh, to go ahead and become the first tag team champs. And there you see there, Bulldog Hart. They're both fresh out of WWE at the time. Uh, Trevor Murdoch is here as Roscoe Jackson. Nick Dinsmore is going to turn into a doctor. Uh, Chris masters is going to be going by the name American Adonis. So there's lots of different repackaging of some of the talent that we may have seen over here. And there's a bunch of Indian wrestlers making their debut on TV. Uh, some had worked before, uh, for these South African tapings we talked about before. Uh, and some of course are, are, are just brand new folks. And Meltzer had this to say the show will air on both Saturday and Sunday nights on colors. One of the major three network stations in India timeout right there. Here in America, for years and years, there was ABC, NBC, CBS. Well, over there, Colors is like that for India. And given the population, this is a potential gigantic audience. And Meltzer would say there's no plans to tour, and the company producing this is Indomal, and they spent a fortune in bringing in a huge crew of wrestlers, flying them in, putting them up in five-star hotels, and, of course, their production on the show. The question immediately was how to monetize this. Because television stations in India are notoriously poor and paying because the economy there is so bad. And the WWE found out that no matter how big your ratings are, touring is almost impossible because the folks have no money for tickets. WWE and TNA have been very popular on TV in India, and the population is enormous, but neither company has ever garnered significant revenue out of the market. 
even when it comes to merchandise royalties. The show will be available in the U.S. and the U.K. since Colors airs on some cable systems, including Dish Network here in the U.S. I know Eric Bischoff wasn't here, but I'm sure if he was, he would have asked, how was the catering, Jeff? <laughs> you know what? That was a big time. Um, it was. I mean, it was no secret to Regal, but I mean, others. I mean, look, <clears throat> traveling, when you leave the borders of the United States, Food is an issue. Food is a topic of discussion. <clears throat> and as we got into our conversations, it was, a, you know, in a lot of ways, a trust factor, but we kind of, they came back to us with the original plan and said, look, here's how we think we should do this is that the hotel that we're staying at, that was, look, it wasn't the Ritz, but it was a very nice hotel. But the, what they kind of thought, was, was going to be the best plan is we had a production room, kind of a green room, but then we had catering. So we ate breakfast. Uh, we could eat lunch, uh, you know, kind of a, a late lunch. And then the, the guys that weren't in production, the talent, just, you know, the talent could come over it, a, after lunch, one or two. And then we started at six or seven um, because it was a five day taping shooting, essentially two shows a night, two one hour mm -hmm. shows a night. Uh, so catering was all done under one location and because if look, you get a couple of guys sick, your television show unravels. And so we were very aware of that in, in the, uh, studio, um, I'd say most of us only drank bottled water and coffee. Um, and you know, they had their own version of catering for all of their production. As we went back the second time and maybe some of the first time, some of the guys began to nibble and have a little bit, but for the most part, we all ate at one location and, you know, it was very careful and, and, and that whole process was thought through, um, you know, to go boxes and all that kind of stuff. Well, I was just kind of kidding around, but I am curious. Uh, I totally get that since this is largely a television company, they're going to produce it like a television show and less like a Barnum and Bailey touring company. Like WWE has times at times done both and not as much anymore, but certainly they're still doing live events. That's not the plan here. We're going to do this sort of like TNA was at the time uh, on a soundstage for the TV, but the actual talent themselves, this is a big opportunity for them, uh, to, to showcase their skills for a huge audience. And it's kind of up to you guys to figure out, or maybe in the mall to how to monetize it. That wasn't really a major concern for you. I mean, obviously long-term you need this thing to be viable so we can keep it going, but it sounds as if, even though you did say you're operating on thin margins, your costs are covered. There is guaranteed profit, maybe not as much as it could have been, but it's up to somebody else to figure out how to turn a profit on this thing. Cause you're working on a budget, right? working on a budget and look, there was not a paid gate. It was from the get go right out of the gate. All parties involved understood the goal. And I don't want to say the only goal, but th th yes, the goal was season two. I mean that, that plain and simple, make a good enough product that resonates with the network, obviously the ratings and do that. And that's when the monetization can begin because more sponsors will get on board. I mean, they sold Tata an idea, a concept. As me and you both know, 
get a couple of victories, a couple of W's under your belt, a reality, a case study, a testimonial, all the way down the line, it's much easier to start that. But just selling a concept uh, for the sponsors we got and, and to cover that and the financial partners, it was huge. Uh, so, you know, the long game was, season, like I said, season two, season three. The short game was uh, take care of the talent, food, payoffs, and 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 do the very, very best we can. I, uh, I love talking about new ventures and it feels like somebody else who's been a part of almost all the new ventures, uh, the Davaris they're here as a tag team known as the snakes. Melissa Anderson is going to be doing her old gimmick. Uh, Mickey James is going to be a baby face here. Uh, abyss of course is a top heel to feud with Morgan. Scott Steiner knows how to get tremendous heel heat. He too is going to be a big heel, but we've got a big native star of a big television show and one of the stars on the national cricket team involved as well. This would be akin to having like a Tom Brady on your program here in America. Tell us about Mr. Singh, because I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to hear about this for the very first time. There he is for the video. Uh, watch you're watching on YouTube. Yeah. You're watching on YouTube. Harbor John Singh. And look, um, I just, we still stay in contact to this day, texts and DMs and stuff like that. But Harbishan, uh was originally described to me as uh, the Michael Jordan of cricket. Now, since that time, I've gotten, like it always happens on social media, oh, no, wait, wait, not that, not that big a star. So a Tom Brady, but he is a, a, a legend in cricket. And when, again, I'm going to go back to cricket, it's not just like an NFL star in this country because it is NFL, NBA, major. I mean, he cricket dominates the headlines, massive amount of eyeballs. And Harbourjan, uh, let's just say the Australians despise him. He had some good heel heat outside of India. But India, Indians loved him. Um, and again, getting down to it, he was married, is married to a movie star. Uh, so it, it's one of those dynamic couples that is just fascinating and tabloid esque and for colors and into mall and for us to get him to be a part of, of this series, Conrad, it's just, I mean, massive. I mean, to this day, uh, anyway, there's out in my, Room here, Conrad, out there where the belts are on one mantle, across the way on the other mantle. Uh, he's got a Harbourjan had a deal with uh, Reebok, or maybe he still does. Anyway, uh, when we got home, he sent me a, a pair of uh, uh, Reeboks because he saw me walking around in them, but he signed them. And I'm like, I'm not going to wear these. I put them in a, uh, a shadow box. And so I got those. But massive star, um, super athletic. He's a, a bowler. I mean, he, he is. He's a stud, and again, he's he he's got the heel persona naturally. He was perfect for this. Like Mike Tyson was perfect for professional wrestling. Um, this is the kind of uh, celebrity superstar. Going back to our original conversations, um, that was one of the things that me and Andy had originally. Is that wrestling's new? We've got to get into pop culture. We need a cricketer. We need a tabloid. We need. We need to get into the DNA of Indian culture uh, 
uh, and and to to come out strong, and then we'll you know lay out professional wrestling and get them to understand the soap opera episodic nature of what we do. I don't mean for this to be funny. I'm sincerely asking because we haven't talked about it as of yet. Was the success and fandom of great Kali, do you think that played into this opportunity? Great Kali, of course, had been successful on the WWE side of things. I think he started uh, in 06, but I mean, he's even going to be world champ in either 07 and 08. And I mean, he has quite a run with WWE, and, and clearly he's a big star here as a result. But in hindsight, do you think? Maybe the powers that be at Endemol saw the interest and intrigue in a character like Greg Kali and thought, man, we gotta we gotta get into this wrestling bit. Or does that totally unrelated and I'm just guessing? No, so let me kind of uh so in India, their version of Hollywood is called Bollywood. And I know right. that's very simplistic, but I just want to kind of give you the my opinion, again, this is all my opinion, but Bollywood dominates the headlines and it's, and it's, that's a, that's a part of the DNA. That's a part of the culture, the, the emotion, you know, Hispanics, very passionate, uh, Brits, and we can all go from a cultural point of view is in India, there's two things that are dominant in the culture, Bollywood. And then the original kind of sport of India, a lot of people think it's cricket. It's, it's really not that came on and it's televised, but Kushti Kushti is basically two guys kicking each other's ass in a sand in a Kushti pit. So when you marry Bollywood and Kushti in a lot of ways, Conrad, that's professional wrestling. So from day one, when WWE came on the air years and years ago, American professional wrestling, it got massive ratings. And, and, and it hasn't slowed down since I'll say that, <laughs> you know, you mentioned the YouTube views folks, you can Google those stats. If you really want to get granular on this subject, it is unbelievable. The amount of views. So I'll say that to say Conrad that, uh, Americanized professional wrestling, hence WWE. And then all of a sudden the leap seeing known as the great Kali, a massive giant, but one of their own, it took professional wrestling in the country to a completely different level. So you're, I'm answering your question. Yes. Satnam Singh in AEW right now, you know, that's a legit documentary. One in a billion. He got drafted in the NBA. The only guy, the potential for that guy in India is it's, 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 it's literally, I don't think I can put it into words because Kali massive, massive talent, but his English wasn't there and his athleticism doesn't compare to, to Sotnam. So when I say a couple of years from now, the status of Sotnam could be even bigger than Kali and Kali. I'm not sure there is a bigger star because Connor, I don't think you could name one cricketer outside of Harbison, could you? No. Um, in 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 stature, Vince McMahon made Kali a pop culture legend in that country. I know he's into politics now. It's it's hard to describe just how well known Kali is in India, but 
it's up at the very, very top because he made it in an American form of entertainment. No disrespect to Bollywood and Bollywood stars are massive, but Hollywood is the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Good. I mean, that's yeah. how Ali is. The, let's uh, take to Meltzer's uh, observer here. The Ring King promotion in India that filmed this past week is now called Tata Prima Presents Ring King. <laughs> the issue with the show right now is that it was super expensive to bring a crew of talent for the week and film shows. The Colors Network, the third biggest in India, made a commitment to a 13 week series, which is 26 episodes airing on Saturday and Sunday nights at 8 p.m., which is prime time, y'all. And while ratings are important, the real issue is if they can get sponsors because of the cost ad rates for the show are high. They've been promoting the show heavily. There's a ton of media uh, that's, that's been used as well as ads during movie previews and billboards in over 70 markets. Usually in India, when it comes to new programming, they start promoting it seven to 10 days out, but they have done a five week promotional campaign for this show. There's a hope of doing live events and doing merchandise. If it works out, the network has toned down the violence on the show. Colors has tried pro wrestling before using a promotion from South Africa and another from Argentina, but neither did well in the ratings. The difference is that American wrestling is much more advanced and they spent time training Indians. They have a 30 man roster consisting of 14 Indian wrestlers. Some of whom are based in North America and 16 non Indian wrestlers. So it, imagine this guys, like for years and years uh, of the big four here in America, ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox, Fox was like in fourth place. They're the little engine that could, but if all of a sudden wrestling was on Fox, it would be a big deal. Oh, wait, that happens every Friday night for WWE, but this was happening a decade prior over in India and Jeff Jarrett's in the middle of it because, well, if cats have nine lives, Jeff Jarrett has 10. Uh, let's talk about what you're trying to do here. Now we've always heard that the, the challenge of monetizing wrestling on TV here in America is that advertising agencies see the content as like low brow. Uh, they, they think that, that it's, a, a cheaper, less valuable audience. For instance, if you're advertising PGA golf, uh, maybe you've got a PGA program those golf rates are going to be usually a multiple of what wrestling would be because it's considered highbrow versus lowbrow. And it's not just about how many people are watching, but who are those people watching? What is their economic makeup and things like that? And so when, when these costs come in so high, and that makes sense from a production standpoint, from a travel standpoint, you got a big overhead and that's going to be a tough sell. Are you involved in that process at all? The thing that sets us apart, and I'm glad you brought up golf because you, you, you know, golf has Rolex watches, Cadillac, BMW, advertisers, yeah. BMW yeah. all that kind of stuff. But from a network perspective, you're not going to own golf ever. You're not going to be a part of laying out the tour or any of that. It's, it's the PGA or it's the governing body of whatever and you get to come film that you make money off your ads. The, the flip to this was hey, colors, the revenue streams that can come in, uh, sky's the limit. You can have a pay-per-view revenue outside of India. You can have a merchandise, you can have a live event, but again, it's, it's crawl, walk, run. We, we've, we've got to learn to crawl 
and the process of learning to crawl in this project is get sponsors. And then, uh, man, Meltzer was on that reporting because we'll call it the PG discussion. I think that makes it easy for me and you, Conrad, was, hey, man, we cannot get out of bounds here because, again, he who writes the checks, writes the rules. We got to make sure that the sponsors stay happy. And I'm, we're in discussions, and I'm saying there's a balance here. If we sanitize the project too much, then there, there's no wow factor. There's no water cooler there. Let, let's try to get the people talking. And that's where like the RDX faction that was called in there was very topical. Uh, the, the different characters, Harbajan, uh, we're going to get in discussions about hiring a 500 pound sumo wrestling to be a part of the storyline, different little pieces like that. And the integration product integration, we had a, a car that was a part of the set one night. We'll get into the finale, how we worked in the sponsor on that. So we were very cognizant. Yes, Conrad, I was involved. Uh, I, the team was because we just knew, again, we started TNA in 2002 and all the bumps and man, you know, you, you think about this project, Conrad, we were just five, seven years ahead of our time, the, the country, and we'll get to that. But the potential there and everybody understood colors. You can participate in all the revenue streams. It was set up from the beginning to be a 360 deal in the mall TNA and colors. So did you get any warnings, uh, from standards and practices or whatever about what you could or couldn't do? It's in the report here. You had to tone down some of the violence. What does that mean? At least in India, they didn't understand the, the, we'll call it the heels cheating. So when we would go through the formats, and I mean, Sanjay and, uh, Rudy and Lagana and Dutch. And I'm, I don't know who all was on those calls, but we kind of had to walk through the creative process again in the ball at this time. Uh, they've, they've always been number one or number two production company, big brother, big boss is what it's called there. They also do shiny dance floors. I mean, they are the very tip top their network relationships outside of rinky King. I mean, they're, that's what they do. They produce massive content for multiple buyers. So they were very cognizant of, okay, of what a network would let go and, you know, what they'd let pass the mustard standards and practices. But what Endemol didn't know, candidly, and they admitted it is, look, we this wrestling thing is new to us. So we got to have to feel our way through it. So, you know, we get to a scene on the second round where we lit a trash can on fire and burn some stuff. That was a, big topic of discussion, but just the outside the ring violence and different things like that, that look in a wrestling logic world and use Dutch's analogy is it was just massaging all of that, that look in this context, don't, don't take it out of context. Like, Oh my God. But again, we had to massage everything through standards and practices. I mean, literally Ghani, everything. So Meltzer would write colors is promoting this as a reality show, not a sports or entertainment show, calling it the biggest reality show on the network saying it's a sports reality show. And the names pushed by the network as the stars are Jeff Jarrett, Matt Morgan, Scott Steiner, and abyss on the foreign side. Um, Magnus Chavo and Harry are not being promoted in these ads. Then they've got a whole bunch of native wrestlers. Uh, you know, the Indian talent. And of course, Mr. Singh, the most famous cricket star and maybe one of the most famous athletes in the whole country. And two of these names who are being promoted, uh, on the Indian side do make it to the U S and they have a little bit of exposure in NXT. 
Um, were, were you surprised that more of this Indian talent didn't get a run here in America? No, short, short answer is no. Um, <clears throat> let me think how to navigate here to get a visa in America is not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a country, a company like WWE has much more bandwidth to get that done. We had a challenge getting, uh, Shiraz visa, you know, as the years rolled along and he was the champion on the show. Um, also these guys, Conrad, when I tell you, none of them had had a wrestling match, like a wrestling match. You talk about some of the guys on season one. Um, I don't think many of those guys, I mean, so they, they just had little to no experience. So when we got done, uh, taping, it's not like TNA was in a position, Hey, let's put them in our developmental and WWE at this time, 2011, when was NXT born 12, somewhere along there, when was NXT born Uh, somewhere in this era that they weren't set up. 2010. Okay. So, but they, you know, they was, it was the beginning stages of, of all that they couldn't and and weren't interested and maybe it wasn't even on their radar. No, I'm sure it wasn't on their radar. They couldn't have plucked them. So those, a lot of these guys, I felt bad for them because we stayed in contact. I stayed in contact with, with almost all the talent through Twitter on DMS, uh, for the next couple of years, but just no opportunity to get here to continue their career. So talk to me about, you know, in terms of not just those folks, you know, popping off or what have you, but the way the show was being promoted as a reality show. Do you agree with that? So th- therein lies the rub, if you will, mm-hmm. is that reality shows are supposed to be real. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that tickles me, but you explaining reality shows are supposed to be real okay well and and so we're scripted entertainment as all this audience realizes we're scripted entertainment but we're simulating two guys wanting to kill each other or fight and all that but to a new audience being and i say new audience as in network executives hey guys what we do is fiction it's not real We, we well no 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 well you're telling the audience man i'm not doing a good job of this but i mean we had multiple hurdle hurdles internally to climb that by design, we want viewers to be pissed off. What? That, that, that doesn't make, that doesn't make sense in this reality show. Now right. in a movie, we get that, but you know, uh, uh, the tales of the territory when Jimmy Hart, um, you know, and him and iron Sheik and that guy wanted to come down and blow his brains out. That, I mean, that was by design. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Lawler and heels every Saturday morning is we wanted our audience to be pissed off. Well, folks in India, that concept was a little new when you put it in the category of reality or sports reality. When you watch a cricket game, you don't want people throwing, you know, a hammer through your television because you're pissed off at the antagonist. It's just that's why wrestling's always fell on that, that bucket that, okay, it's not real sport. It's not just entertainment. What is this? Oh, it's Shakespeare to the masses. Well, I don't care. I don't want my viewers mad. Right. It's a challenge. 
Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Melissa would say the first two shows taped last month aired on TV in India on colors, which also airs in the UK, Canada, and in the U S on some systems that carry the network. The look and production of the show was awesome. Micah Singh, an Indian pop star and movie star came out with dancers singing with the crowd going crazy. And this stuff made raw during its good years. Look minor league. I get a kick out of Sir Brutus Magnus. Who's apparently doing the same gimmick he did while on UK gladiators. But that Dr. Nicholas Dinsmore gimmick made me think I was watching Los Colosso del Ring from Peru or wherever it was. So beyond goofy. I mean that in a bad way. Dinsmore and Savio Vega trained a lot of the Indian wrestlers for only a few weeks. So there was no way around them being super green. Given those limitations, the wrestling involving those guys was as good as it had any right to be, but it wasn't good. But for mainstream India, that's hardly going to make a difference as the audience it is aimed for has never seen wrestling. So every angle or level of wrestling is new to them. There are hardcore fans of pro wrestling in this country that know WWE and TNA, but those groups have never had any kind of exposure on a major network in prime time. So listen, you know, the production here checks all the boxes, the, the Gaga, I guess that Jake might or not Jake, but Jim Ross might say a lot of sizzle, not as much steak. Would that be a fair way to describe this? I was just, I apologize. I'm doing my best version of Conrad. How many followers do you think Mika Singh has on Instagram? I, I have no idea. Probably a lot. 10 million. How many wow. followers he has on Twitter? Four, four million. I, I say all that to say when I saw that picture is Conrad, I had no idea. I, I knew he's a pop star. When right. we see his music to open the series, Road Warrior Pop, 1988. I mean, I mean, I mean, it was, it was fascinating. It it just kind of blew my mind and they knew every word to the two songs that he did. And it just was like, my God, I mean, it was really, I mean, it, it became, I said, okay, man, we're doing an entertainment show and wrestling's going to come in the back door for it. If that makes sense. I'm sorry that I missed your question. What was your question? Because I was doing my Google machine. Well, I was saying, do you think Jr. would might describe something like this as more sizzle than steak because the production's so great. And you know, some of the guys are still very green. We had to do smoke and mirrors, sizzle yeah. steak, uh, sizzle over steak, um, brand new territory, if you will. Uh, again, I think I just said, um, come out with a fascinating entertainment spectacle a la WrestleMania, you know, the, the, the people that watch WrestleMania I've had, Oh Conrad, I don't know how many people I've run into since SummerSlam that, that are from the music business. And there's a lot of new folks from Cali and New York city that have migrated to town and at different events I've gone to that say, yeah, I went to SummerSlam. That was my first event. Oh my God. You know what they always mention when Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns and Brock had that tractor and he pulled, you know, the spectacle of the entertainment had nothing to do with tackles and drop downs and hip tosses and all that, because it gets out of 
Here we go. It gets out of the flippy floppy, the big man, the in-ring product. It becomes a spectacle. So we had to come out with Sizzle to get numbers and, and, and educate them week after week after week. That was my hints. Let's stretch it to 26 weeks where the wrestling then becomes a real value and we emotionally invest the audience where that Rinka King championship that Matt Morgan you know, comes out of the gate. We, we have to make that title mean something, but you just don't do it by saying, Hey, here's a great wrestling match. That's never worked in this business ever. Lawler Dundee sold out week after week after week over the seven heavyweight title, but the belt was a prop, the main prop, but it was in the background. They knew in their minds, Jerry Lawler and Bill Dundee hated each other. That's the, the emotion. Speaking of hate. We got footage of fans running away from Scott Steiner as he's going through the crowd, like the 1980s Japanese footage of people like Bruiser Brody or Stan Hansen or the Sheik or, or Abdul the Butcher. So it's pretty cool. Uh, we see Chris Masters here doing his American Adonis uh, gimmick. He's got the, uh, the Master Lock Challenge, which we're calling the Adonis Lock Challenge. Who's editing? this stuff. Do you have a, a wrestling person in the truck calling the shots? Is this Keith Mitchell or somebody else? Let, let me just take a beat here. And we're going to have some video of it, but Scott Steiner being a walking, talking Godzilla running through the people tearing up the guardrails. And I know there's video out there of it was Conrad. Uh, and that came about of, tag match and Scott, you need to go berserk on the finish and, and go crazy. And then Scott, this is where just a seasoned heel who knew how to take his character right up to the line. And he sensed it. And the people at ringside, because I mean, you know, Scott is a very imposing, uh, just there. I mean, he, he is, he's just a, so you such a unique look with the headdress on when he looked at those people and ran at them from the guardrail and they scattered like ants. It's, he just took it to the next level and tore the guardrails apart and went out in the people. It, it was like such a unique, surreal moment, um, that just captured the emotion of, you're not going to see this on there shiny dance floor shows. You're not going to see this at cricket and you damn sure are, are not going to see it on big brother. I mean, it was just a cool look. So, uh, man, it, it, it was, it was so cool. But as far as the editing, this is another thing that we had to work through the process. So, um, Keith Mitchell is, is, you know, he's retired from AEW, but he's the a goat, producer, the goat yeah. producer in the truck, Kevin Sullivan, another goat, um, is post-production. And so his team, core team, Jim Morris, I could go all the way down the, the, the list. Th this is that Endemol uh, as a production company, and I'm going to get too granular here, but when you have a, a post-produced product of green wrestlers that miss punches, that timing is off, that you have to redo a spot, all this kind of stuff, you've got to have a team in which we have a great team back in Nashville that can take an eight minute match and turn it into a, we'll call it an eight minute in Meltzer's words would be a disaster of a match with missed spots and you know, whatever, every negative connotation you can take that eight minutes and turn it into a five minute 
highly entertaining match, and that's what we did. So the post-production team was the TNA crew that we came home with the tapes and the footage and all that, and they're the ones that took the bell-to-bell, if you will, and then it was a collaborative post-production, and I may get it a little wrong, but for all intents and purposes, the TNA crew put it all together, but we had to have it VO'd in Hindi. So there's a back and forth of the whole process. But, man, again, Conrad, a blast to do. Wasn't always fun. Wasn't always easy. Uh, Christmas of 2011 for post-production folks. Wasn't real fun. Uh, Lots of long hours during that Christmas week. Time to get everything together for it to debut. But um, Keith was running the truck. Rocket was directing. We had that core crew. But as far as post-production, it was Calvin Sullivan, not the devil the post-production post-production goat uh he was running point on it let's uh let's talk about how it went down the debut is january 28th it does a 2.2 rating which Meltzer would say is very good but not great for saturday night programming on that network it only got 14 million viewers <laughs> 14 million by the way dynamite last week eight hundred thousand. here in india again 10 years ago 14 million. That's apples and pomegranates. It's not close to the same thing. I'm just saying, so you understand. A lot of folks saw this. That's unbelievable. The show goes 67 minutes. The last seven minutes are an overrun. It does a 2.9. 18 million viewers. Tons of publicity coming out of it because of seeing the cricket star. It is, in fact, the second highest rated show on Colors for the week. Now, remember, Colors is the number three. So they're, they're sucking hind teeth here. They're trying to grow. They think this will be a shot in the arm. So even though we're saying, Hey, it could have been better, not maybe for them. It's their second biggest. They were hoping it would be bigger, but still their version of dancing with the stars beat it. Uh, they also air an 11 PM replay that does a 1.1, which is like 6 million viewers. So this first episode, if you count the overrun and you count the replay, how about 24 million folks saw this? Uh, because of the success colors adds new shows Monday through Thursday from five to five 30. What they're doing is chopping up the first half hour of the Saturday show on Monday, the second half hour of the show on Tuesday, the first half hour of the Sunday show on Wednesday and the second half hour of the Sunday show on Thursday. And the idea here is to get more kids to sample the show and build the audience for the weekend. They're revoicing the shows because there are some continuity issues when we have, you know, episodes airing on the weekend in an hour long format. And now we're doing it through the week is half hours. Still though, Meltzer would say the number of viewers ring King gets in India would be more than the number of viewers raw gets all across the world combined process that boys and girls. We're not talking about TNA anymore. We're talking about the big daddy WWE. And they're a show because this is the era where SmackDown was still sort of that other thing that they do. The a show worldwide, from the biggest promotion in the world, WWE all combined worldwide. Less people are going to see that than they are rink King. But I am curious, is there too much of a good thing? I certainly understand the strategy of we're trying to get kids involved and that makes sense. But oversaturation is a thing. And I wonder as somebody who has certainly seen that happen, were you concerned, man, we're on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
we're on six of the seven days. Is this too much? Do we dilute our audience? Is that a concern or are you just thrilled that holy cow, we somehow, some way, not really, but kind of beat WWE on our first effort. I'm going to go on when the news came out of the first show's episode. Conrad, I think we've talked. Were you ever a um, Celtics Lakers? I know that's kind of the late '80s rivalry uh, basketball. Yeah. Or, uh, we'll go '90s Bulls. We'll go that generation. So, you ever seen? I'm just coursing shots when there's plastic around the whole locker room. Um, yes, because there's going to be champagne bottles. Yes, I envisioned that, and we joked about it. When I tell you, into mall and colors threw down a celebration and I know Dave didn't have the inside baseball story, massive, massive, massive celebration because nobody knew. Okay. We just spent five weeks promoting the show. We just, I mean, you don't know. I mean, you just don't know till you get, and, and for those numbers, when they came in, I mean, there were high fives all around. And of course on this side of the pond, yeah, we were excited. Um, a little bit more wisdom over here, knowing it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, we got a lot of work cut out, but we came out great, uh, and and the ball was headed in the right direction. Um, and then I began to understand even more the politics of Indian television. We're going, to talk, we're going to talk about that next week. Uh, we're going to wind it down for today because I think today's episode should be called creating ring King. I mean, let's end on a high note by God. You had more viewers than Monday night raw did globally. It's crazy to think uh, how this all came together, how it was possible. And you started from absolute scratch, you know, from training absolute greenhorns and getting a few weeks of training from Nick Dinsmore and Savio Vega. And now they're on TV. And we're trying to build a studio from scratch to look like the impact zone. And we're shipping a ring on a boat from America to India. And somehow 24 million people see it on the very first day. I'll leave this bad boy on a high note. You're steering this ship. Conrad, when I tell you the celebration went around and I'm learning about Indian television, the weekend scheduler programmer went in his mind folks let's start planning season two and when i heard the feedback that they're going to chop it up and run it half you know in half hour episodes i said guys can can, just re just you know hell spike how many times did you ever see uh, ultimate fighter run replay after replay after yes. replay saturation. So I got that mentality, but I said, let's don't split it in half. It you, because the shows are not formatted a half hour. Right. Unless I was told from the head, you know, from the, the weekend programmer, we, I don't have a say on that. It's, it's a colors product. So the day part scheduler, they're going to do what they want. So who was I to say, who are we to say, get more exposure. But I mean, you talk about all hands on deck Everybody said we want some of that and then some. And and off of, again, I can tell you, you want to leave on a high note. Here's the high note internally. Kevin Sullivan put together, we'll call it like a sizzle reel of the yes. first half and what's to come, but it was really for internally. 
And to this day, I remember getting goosebumps. And we, by design, held back. Look, when you have a Guerrero and a Hart, two worldwide global names, we held back a couple of names that we were going to really promote heavy into the second arc. We knew kind of the bullets in the gun, but man, that scissor reel that was shared internally, buddy, we we were all super, super motivated to keep this thing rocking. It was good times, pal. Good, good times. Going to be some good times this weekend too. I can't believe it, but everybody I know is going to WrestleCade. We're going to have Mick Foley there. We're going to have Eric Bischoff there. We're going to have Tony Schiavone there. We're going to have diamond Dallas page there. I mean, on and on and on Kurt angles there. It's a who's who of who's there, including the last outlaw outlaw double J Jeff Jarrett, but you can certainly go by, grab your pictures, get your autographs, but dude, you got a live show. It's happening this weekend. You can come see my world with Jeff Jarrett as a reminder, no cameras present. We're not recording any of it. And the reason we're not doing that is Jeff's going to tell some stories that we can't possibly record and put out into the world here. You not only get that, but you'll get some exclusive swag that's already been shipped to Winston-Salem. It's on its way right now, and it'll be ready for you this Saturday. What we want you to do is go check out the WrestleCade Super Show, and then as soon as that's over, make your way over and meet the last outlaw yourself in person and ask him literally anything you want. We always include a part of Q&A. It's no holds barred. Uh, as the, a famous commercial once said, you got questions, we got answers. They're going to make it happen for you. It's wrestlecade.com forward slash tickets. That's wrestlecade.com forward slash tickets. And uh, I wanted to tell you, I, uh, I just recorded Jim Ross earlier today before you and I got together and he wanted me to make it a point to tell you how nice it was to see you at uh, AEW, but more importantly, how much he enjoyed hugging your beautiful wife. <laughs> and he said, uh, she's, she's more beautiful than she is smart to marry Jeff, but that's a story for another day. And I said, I'll tell him that and he goes, oh no, I don't need the heat. And I said, oh, he'll laugh because he knows it's true. She's a <laughs> good looking woman and maybe a little silly to marry Jeff Jarrett, but she's going to be there too. Come see the King and the queen of the mountain. You guys are going to have fun in Winston-Salem at WrestleCater. You know what? Boomer sooner. Oh, I love Jr. It was so good, but I know they, uh, back to our wrestle kingdom nine, which will be a whole nother, uh, podcast one day. They bonded on that trip. I'll just say that they bonded, but, uh, yeah, man. Hey, Conrad, I'll just say this. I'm super fired up for the weekend. Russell Cade, the convention part is a blast. I get to catch up with a lot of folks, not just talent, but fans that I've, I've met through the years. That's going to be fun. The super show is going to be a blast. And Conrad, let me just say this. I won't get into too granular here. I got a score to settle on the wrestling show. And let's just say I'm going to settle it. And then I'm going to get me a quick shower. Rinse the blood off of my hands. And then I'm going to go ask some folks to come on upstairs and enjoy this event. And you can uh, ask me some questions because I'll give you the story behind the story. Special guests are a regular part of our live event. It is a who's who in professional wrestling at WrestleCade. You don't want to miss this one. It's WrestleCade.com forward slash tickets. I want to remind you, you get all of our shows early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com. And we're running a special promotion this weekend for annual subscribers. Let me explain. You can go ahead and sign up at any level. 
whether it's the $9 level or the top guy level. And as long as you sign up with an annual, check this out. What if you picked up your phone this weekend and it was your favorite podcast host on the other line? Pretty cool, huh? Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. Thanks to ad free shows. It starts this black Friday, sign up for an annual adfreeshows.com membership at any level and get a personal phone call of your choosing from your favorite host. So ring in black Friday with this exclusive offer and spend the next year and hopefully much longer with us over at adfreeshows.com. It starts this Friday at midnight. It goes through Monday at midnight. Sign up for any membership at adfreeshows.com. And uh, just yesterday, Kevin Nash and Sean Oliver announced that they are going to be providing bonus content over at adfreeshows.com. It continues to grow. It's a two. It's the best value in wrestling. You'll never hear another ad. You'll get tons of bonus content. Uh, you can't shake a stick at it. Go check it out. Adfreeshows.com. And Hey, listen, if you're like a lot of folks and, uh, there's more month at the end of the money and the holidays represent a certain amount of stress to you financially, man, I can help save with Conrad.com is your hookup. We're going to show you how to skip your next two house payments. That's right. You'll skip your December and your January house payment. You will make another payment until February. And at the same time, we're going to help you get rid of all your credit card debt. But in the meantime, you don't have to put Christmas on a credit card because your house payment's your single biggest bill. Well, if you pocket that cash for two months, boom, best Christmas ever and no payments till February, but come February, you're going to be saving a boatload of cash. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners say five, six, seven, 800 bucks a month. And you can do it too. You don't need perfect credit and you don't need money out of your pocket, but here's the good thing. When you do business with SaveWithConrad.com, you're automatically eligible for our seven-year guarantee, meaning if your needs change over the next seven years, we'll refinance you again without having to pay a whole new set of closing costs all over again. Your biggest fee is normally your origination. That's based on your loan amount. We're going to waive that. We want to be your mortgage advisor for life. So if the rates come down a whole bunch next year, guess what? Why not tag in? Get a lower monthly payment right now and then get an even cheaper payment next year if the rates improve. But get the peace of mind of knowing right now that you got the best deal for your family with my family at First Family. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Save with Conrad.com. Make this the best Christmas ever. Skip your next two house payments. Get a lower monthly payment and make plans to be back with us next week, Jeff. We're going to be talking about your old, great, close personal friend, Dutch Mantel. And there's lots of Dutch isms in the wrestling business. <laughs> you shared one earlier today by email with uh, me and a friend of ours who I don't think we should say their name on the program unless you disagree. Yeah, I know. I agree. But uh, go ahead and share a Dutchism with us and get us get us lubed up ready for next week. You know what? Um, Rinka King, because we'll kind of get into the at your discretion. But uh, I, I was with uh, when 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 the future of Rinka King was re- revealed, I was with Dutch. So Dutch has been on some highs and lows of my life and everything in between. But I love him to death. But um, you want me to share a Dutchism? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's close with that. I'll get ready for next week. Oh gosh. Uh, the old, there's so many of them. I wish Eric Young or Bobby Roode was around or Danny Engler. There's so many of them. Um, but you know, probably the best advice, uh, I've ever heard Dutch give to, uh, a guy that comes through the curtain is a good old Dutchism would tell somebody that walked through the curtain after having a stinking match. Uh, he'd just say, Hey man, get your head up. Cause in my opinion, there's only two things you can't do in this business. 
And those young whippersnappers look at him with glee and optimism and say, really Dutch? What is that? He'd say, yep. There's just two things you can't do. Once be a heel and twos be a baby face. And on that note, we'll see you <laughs> next week right here on my world. Peace. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.